pull up a broom and light a candle. It's Witch Eye for the Muggle Guy. Hi, everybody. This is Margaret Burns. I'm in Austin, Texas, and I am with the beautiful and fabulous Tara Lee. So I'm going to read you the quote that she sent me first and introduce her, and then we will get going. She threw away all her mask to be the change she wanted to see in the world. Tara Lee is a proud mama of three, social creator, founder of Sacred Soul Space and Gen Zen Warriors, mind-body coach, energy and soul medicine practitioner, yoga teacher, and change-making enthusiast. She is wholehearted and passionate about holding and creating spaces for people to connect, rise, and thrive beyond their pain, past, and limiting beliefs. Through her work, Tara is extremely passionate about shifting the shackles of trauma through self-compassion, acceptance, and self-liberation. I love that. Tara believes we are the change we've been looking for, and she honors the courage and vulnerability it takes to own all of who we each uniquely are. Thank you for being here. It's it's so good to hear your voice. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. It's, it's been a while since I've seen you, and I love everything that you're doing, and um, I want to go ahead and get started. So... Tell me, yeah, tell me when is the first time you knew you were different? Yeah, when is the first time I knew I was different? I'm going to probably throw a little bit of a spinner on this one. Um, Let's hear it. And, you know, I think for me personally, I'm going to say when I was quite young, I was always quite an an idealist. and knew in primary school that I wanted to make change in the world. Um, And then as I reached my teens in a more shadowy way, I guess I, um, yeah, I would cry myself to sleep a lot. You know, telling me to stay true to myself, and it was this difference that I had was was meant to be here in this world. But at the same time, what I wanted to say is, you know, I think we're all different, and this is where we get stuck in trying mm-hmm. to conform to what normality has been programmed and conditioned to be. And innately within all of us, there is this gift this innate wisdom um it's just when we choose to open that gateway you know yeah that's amazing and so awesome that your dad was such a supporter of you especially around that time he was yeah we've had this conversation over the last couple of years actually how Wow. And I, I love how you described it as your shadowy, like, teen years. I definitely had those, too. Um, and I think that one, is, one, one really common theme here is that everybody had this, like, realization by the time they were about 20 that um, they were supposed to be doing something different than what was in mainstream culture or different from their peers. Mm-hmm. And I still think it's really fabulous that you had um, such a supportive structure. Is And he's still supporting your work now? Oh, absolutely. He would be my biggest cheerleader, I think, actually. And that's not to say that, you know, over the last, let's say, 20 years from when I was 15 to now, our life 
as a family and then my experiences, my father's experiences have been really polarizing and challenging. But, um, you know, actually six months ago, you know, we had a moment and he looked at me and said with tears in his eyes, you know, my little girl is back. Like you've come back to who you were when you were eight years old. Oh my God, that's so powerful. I think Mm. that when we have people who can witness our change and our return, sort of like a becoming and a return, it's got to be one of the most precious and one of the rarest things to sort of behold, especially at that age, because that's, you know, the first seven years, seven, eight years around the sun Mm -hmm. are such a big, momentous sort of childhood awakening almost like we're moving out of the baby phase in the early childhood and I think those of us who felt like we had something else happening to us and through us and around us um, had really big experiences I know that when I was eight that was um, that was a really intense time for me where I felt like I was really um, getting to know all of these sort of supernatural events and powers that were sort of happening around me. Um, And I just remember that as being uh, a really, I don't know, really powerful age. And Mm. I, I certainly, I certainly feel like that's a being of my soul. I tap into during healing um, as a guide, as a vibration, as sort of like a pure vibration. Um, that that aspect of myself um, and to be able to sort of reclaim her her energy and and bring it here and and show up with it now is definitely one of my one of the goals that I have for myself anytime I'm doing my soul work so how brilliant that he he was able to articulate that um, mm. I just think that's so cool yeah and yeah it's been really um beautiful and I remember him I said to him in that conversation actually like what has that been like and I'm I'm gonna say from 8 to 12 is where I really started to fracture away from myself and by 12 um then I started to place the masks over myself to be able to fit in and you know all the things the people pleasing all of that stuff and um he said it's been it's been really challenging and painful to watch you not be who you really are um and he just said I'm just so glad you're here I knew you would get back here Mm. wow and so tell me a little bit more about the masks and I know we'll pull this back around again um, when we talk about your work in a few minutes but talk a little bit about how you you use this concept of masks and in talking about your healing work yeah, beautiful. Uh, unmasking, I guess. So unmasking, unfiltering um, is really being deep in the work. I, I'm definitely not someone that has uh, shied away from my own shadows. And I believe that to deeply return to who you really are, you must um, step into that. And also take radical self-responsibility that you are the you you are the bridge right now having this human experience. So this this human body is the bridge between heaven and earth. This is it right now. And um, how can you fully accept 
all of your experiences or all of the masks that you've chosen to wear to survive through your experiences to then pull them back to be fully unleashed in who you know you really are. Um, so one of the ones for me, and I think I'm going to generalize from a lot of women, whether mm-hmm. there's been trauma or not, is chronic people pleasing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lack of Absolutely. personal boundaries, you know, and, and that's a mask because you're so afraid to like stand in your power. You just please and appease. Right. Um, and I use that term sort of around the idea of um, it being a trauma response as well. Mm-hmm. Fa- like the idea of, of fawning, like just before anything, because the nervous system is about to collapse around the stress or can't take any more stress, then the trauma response is is a fawning, sort of like a yes, whatever it is, whatever it takes, like I'll, I'll do whatever it is, just please don't hurt Absolutely. me, unmask me right like allow me to have to work through how to be here in my body Mm. Um, and 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 exactly what you're saying I also am a big believer that those masks absolutely serve a purpose like I don't there's no judgment to wearing them I think they they really hold a place until it's time for you to reclaim your truth and that's different for everybody um Because they do, it is coming from a place of protection. And at times that has been actually needed. Right. Uh, um, Yeah, I think think masks are something that we play with in the humankind condition constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And I love your, your definition. It has, it holds so much compassion because... While I also believe that the self-responsibility bit is such a huge part of how we're able to ever move forward um, and get out of the victim role, mm. it's so, at the, at the same breath, it's so relieving to know that we, we, it's okay that we've had those masks and that they did indeed serve a purpose and that we really did okay by having them when we needed them for as long as we did. Um, it's just sort of moving into the 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 truth of that we don't of we don't need them when we don't need them anymore that it that it will be okay yeah and I think right next to that is is the friction point that comes and I've kind of got bliss bumps over my skin the friction point that comes in someone's healing process or you know unmasking and returning to self is the friction comes when you realize you kind of conform to the comfortability of the pain and you're looping in patterns and cycles that you know how to do, even if they don't feel good, but you know them. So they become comfortable. The friction comes where you get to choose to elevate to the next level of yourself or not. Is like, I'm actually worthy of more. There's more love. There's more freedom. There's more self-liberation. Um, there's more truth for me to experience in this lifetime. And it becomes a piece of like worthiness. Absolutely. And just talking more about the nervous system and those loops and sort of habits that just are so deep. Um, one of the ways that I work in my healing practice, especially if I see that there's something super kind of in, entrenched in the system that has got to come out, mm-hmm. I, um, I will like... I will move the body a certain way and I'll know it, it will be a little bit uncomfortable, but I know it's because it's out of the u- usual pattern and I'll have, I'll have, you know, my client 
lie there in that unusual pattern, mm-hmm. even though it's a little uncomfortable because it's sort of like, I want you to stay and feel into this. This mm-hmm. is this is where the, the healing is, is happening. This is the new pattern that, that we're running. It's it's gonna feel different and a little weird, but yeah. you're <laughs> but you're moving it differently. I totally agree. Some of the most profound experiences that I've had with clients in that somatic space is like, yeah, and me even meeting them in the uncomfortability of myself for them to transcend through that moment. Um, Yeah, to hold that somatic space where I know they're looking at me like, is she for real? Um, I know. Yeah, but it's hard. (laughs) Like, it's hard for me not to, not to, not to say. Not to apologize and say, I'm so sorry, this is going to feel weird. It's more like I have to just be like, just kind of trust me here for a second. We're going to work together. We're going to get through this. But but we really want to move this. And it's completely intuitive. And, and I, I, know, I don't know for you, but those moments, like I've got one that's just come to mind right now. And, you know, holding this, this woman in the way that I did transcended her life rapidly from that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had to fully trust my intuition as did she in trusting in the space that was created obviously between you and the client um, yeah but the movement of the body one of my favorite books is The Body Keeps Score mm, I love that book um, yeah and it, it's asking to be released absolutely So this kind of, I think, segues really well into my next question, which is, mm-hmm. what is one of your witchiest experiences that you'd like to share? Oh. Hmm. I think in terms of like collectively um, studying at um, the Soul Medicine Academy, um, my first experience of the three-day retreat that we did um, stretched my comfortability in terms of witchy experiences. Um, But it also felt like a deep soul remembrance, like a group of women around one woman. You know, I guess I'd kind of seen these images on social media and things before, but um, witnessing one woman being held by our collective of Mm. women healing through what she was going through um and being so seen in that way um and yet there was this enveloping trust and absolutely collective healing throughout the room um yeah that 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 would be one of the most where I pushed past my own edge if that makes sense. It does. I, I think we might be thinking of the same moment. I think um, so, yes. Yeah, it was It was a moment where there was the most trust that I had to, to feel into. And it actually became a beautiful teaching moment. Absolutely. Because then I recognized what had happened. And I knew more deeply and just felt in an embodied way um what the what the real transformation the real deep transformation that that woman who is willing to do the work what that ends up looking like mm-hmm. and and what was really beautiful is is the next time that I was in that space 
I was actually the uh, person um, in the center that was asked to be the practice. And um, it became this beautiful conversation. I'm kind of segueing a little bit, but mm -hmm. around my processing, you know, some women have a real wild, embodied roar of an archetype. And when we expand our spirituality, sometimes it's conceived that that is the way. And my way is graceful, um, soft, quiet, gentle. And yet in that space, I have profound insights within myself. And for there to be no judgment, regardless how somebody processes, um, I found was really beautiful because sometimes I feel and sense that if a woman is quiet, that she's silenced, but I don't believe that to be true. She may just process more intrinsically and interpersonally than with voice. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I mean, that what, what you're describing really also sort of describes the way that you work. Like I feel this deep level of compassion and this really, um, this ability to really hold co-creative space so mm. beautifully, so softly. And so at the same time, like I, you're just, you're not, you're not getting out of there without change. Kind of mm. thing. Mm. Willingness. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. yeah. Holding space. Thank you for touching on that. Holding space is you know, so I don't know how, I don't know when, but it's something that is really core to my values. I have this um, quote by Heather Platt and she says, holding space is being willing to walk alongside another person in whatever journey they're on without judging them, making them not making them feel inadequate, not trying to fix them or trying to impact the outcome. When you hold space for another person, we open our hearts together, offer unconditional support and let judgment and control be gone. And that's not her exact words, but it was something like that. Um, I just, there's so much magic in really being intentional in holding space for another and not projecting yourself in that space. Mm. Absolutely. And I believe I also at Soul Medicine Academy, one of the things that I loved most about Melissa's teachings is that the idea of just being really, really present and holding space can do all of the all of the work and all of the of the magic that that you need is to just be there and be present and be really intentional. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that teaching and it's, it's served me well and my clients and my clients too. Mm, that's so beautiful. So tell me if you could witch explain something, what would it be? I think my witch explain is really simple. Um, a key message of mine is you are who you've been looking for. That, you know, the mystic and the sages and the love and the light and the shadow first starts with each of us standing in the mirror and seeing ourselves. And from that place, anything is possible. Yeah. I love that it's, it doesn't have to be complicated. That, like, this idea of of healing or 
of, of really becoming who you are or of kind of the work that we do. It just doesn't have to be complicated. Mm. And, and I think too, like find, if I was to witch explain and I extend on that in a more witchy way, um, find and trust where your intuition is guiding you in terms of your medicine. So um, obviously I'm someone that very much is in love with all the the natural way of being with the earth, um, whether that's essential oils or you like your oracle cards or whatever it is for you. But, you know, for me, words are medicine. Um, When I really need to deeply more attune to myself, I know I need to create sacred space and allow the pen to hit the paper. Um, there's a scientific way to that as well because I know that it's activating the left and the right side of my brain so I'm deeply embodied in who I am but um, at the same time yeah find your medicine and trust that that is right for you yeah I love that and I do a lot of writing practice in my program Um, I, I take that aspect of it really seriously like I, mm-hmm. I I think everybody everybody you know can benefit from from doing journaling and from doing different types of writing exercises whether it's like writing with your non-dominant hand or doing you know stream of consciousness or mm-hmm. um, there are all these really cool practices around um, narrative therapy that yeah. I think um, and and again it's sort of like it, it doesn't have to be complicated. Like you said, just like grab a pen and some paper and, um, and just kind of let yourself, let yourself write, let yourself just let yourself kind of, um, write whatever comes, comes out. Yeah. Whatever needs to come out. Absolutely. You know, just when, as you said that, I, you know, it reminded me too, a lot of people will say, but I don't, I don't know what to write and I don't personally know how you work in your space when somebody says if it's you know kinesiology or mind body therapy or whatever I'm working through if someone says I don't know brilliant because that's where we start um but it's the same when you're sitting with a pen and a piece of paper I don't know so write it out I don't know why don't I know and then continue Mm -hmm. to allow that to come through why am I doubting what needs to come through um why am I judging myself for not knowing what to write and just seeing where that then takes that person in its own journey too. Mm. Absolutely. Okay, so let's hear all about your business. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have a physical space, which is really beautiful. Um, it's called Sacred Soul Space. So I obviously practice outside of it within that space and um, my colleague Chanel Dea practices from that space as well and then um, we offer different programs um, and trainings for holistic health professionals as well as, you know, integrative ways of healing, um, which is really beautiful. I wish I could be there. Mm, where, where are you, you located? There. Where I, are you located these days? We are about 45 minutes south of Sydney. So we're in what we call okay. the MacArthur area of um, Sydney which is um, a lovely little hub that's continuing to expand. Um, Yeah, and then I I guess personally, I I do work online as well. So running programs um, for women or offering um, sessions online, which is so beautiful that we can do that now and and touch people all across the world if they feel drawn to, to work with us, which I'm always so humbled by. 
Um, yeah, so that's that's a little snapshot of what I do. Love it. Okay, so where can people find you? What's your website and all that? Uh, two. I'll give you two because I guess being um, a bit of a creative person, I do have a few projects running all at once. So, um, oh yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> of course. But um, the space can be found at sacredsoulspace.co. Um, and through there, you'll find links to where all my other stuff is as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening and joining in. If you have any questions or comments or suggestions, please just email me, margaret at dearspiritrebirth.com. That's M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T at dearspiritrebirth, D-E-E-R, spiritrebirth.com. And thank you so much, Tara, and namaste. Namaste, beautiful. Have a beautiful day. You too.